All right, let's take our Bibles this morning and go to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 4. And I want to read a lengthy passage of Scripture beginning with verse 2 through the remainder of that chapter. And I would like for you to please stand out of respect for God's Word. Colossians 4 beginning with verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, who was one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and for those who are at Laodicea and those who are in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphos and the church that is in his house. Now, when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. Let's pray now. Father, as we come before you and we open your word, Lord, we are confident. We are thrilled. Lord, we are grateful that your word stands. Your word stands and accomplishes that which you please. Your word, O Lord, is the truth that we need. And Father, I pray now that every heart in this place would give attention to this your word that lord we would search our own hearts and father that you would reveal to us any need that we might have we thank you we praise you we worship you today in jesus name we ask it amen be seated please parting admonitions paul wrote a letter to the church at Colossae, and as he closed the letter which we have just read, he, he gave to that church parting admonitions. 
He leaves the church now in God's hands with these encouragements. It's not certain whether Paul ever saw the church at Colossae. He had not at this time. This was a, a group of people that he'd come to know and know about. He wrote this letter from prison in Rome, his first Roman imprisonment. It is probably and could be likely that he eventually made his way to the city of Colossae after his first release and before his second arrest. If you read the book of Philemon, that uh, leads us to perhaps believe that. But in any case, Paul is, for now, giving parting admonitions to the church. And I want to share that with you this morning because um, my last uh, meeting with you here, I want to say some things to you by God's grace and through His Word. And I believe that the Lord uh, would have us to find the example here in the Apostle Paul's words and the application for all of us. First of all, Paul gives them admonitions concerning prayer. In verses 2 through 4, he admonishes us, first of all, how to pray. How to pray. He says, continue earnestly. Be diligent, constantly diligent, devoted to prayer. I know that our prayer life is probably not what it ought to be. Uh, when you think about who we have to bow before. When you think about who God is and who we are, and yet we withhold prayer. Paul gives this admonition that we should pray earnestly, we should pray continually, and we should play, pray without distraction. He says, being vigilant. Give strict attention to prayer. Let me tell you something about prayer that I need to practice in my life, and that is this. Instead of asking God for so much, we should listen to God. Prayer is not just a one-way communication. Prayer is two-way. Prayer is where we commune with God. We fellowship with God. And not only do we petition God, but we also listen to God. And sometimes we need to listen more than we ask. That's the way we need to pray, get, being vigilant and listening to God in prayer with thanksgiving, Paul says, being thankful. Now, you know by now that I'm a real fan of counting your blessings. I've told you that many, many times, that I believe that one way for you to, to sort of get out of your, your discouragement is to start counting your blessings because you have many more blessings than you have otherwise. Count your blessings. Pray with thanksgiving and also pray inclusively. That is, Paul said in verse 3, meanwhile, praying also for us. I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me as I leave this place and I go forward into ministry of another place. Uh, God will always have a place for me to minister. And now the little church that we've started, we've been doing that. I've already preached one time today at 8.30 and uh, preached a pretty uh, hard message. And not hard, hard, but hard on my voice, as y'all might know. And uh, so I'm a little bit already feeling the effects of it. 
pray for me as I go forward, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray as you march forward as a church, as you go forward and you discover the many opportunities that God has for you. I'm going to pray for you. We should pray for one another. That's how to pray. Paul says also, it talks about what to pray for. What to pray, how to pray, what to pray. Pray for opportunity, he says. Notice what it says in verse 3. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. God opens doors and God closes doors. You leave it to God. The best thing you can do is stop struggling and striving and trying to make it happen and just leave it to God. The best thing you can do is just put it in his hands. The best thing you can do is to say, God, you have this. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry. I submit it to you. It's not going to be any good after all anyway unless the king of kings is in charge. Don't forget that. Don't let that leave you. Don't forget that he is the head of the church. He says... Pray for opportunity. Pray that the door would be open. But the door that we want to open is the door, Paul says, for the Word. For the Word. You see, brother, you'll be called upon to pray for the sick. You'll be called upon to comfort the bereaved. You'll be called upon sometimes to join two people together in holy matrimony. But the most important thing that you and I can do, what is it? Preach the Word. That's what we're called to do. We're called, every preacher, there may be another preacher in here that I'm not aware of, but I know there's at least two here. Every preacher is called to preach the Word. I want opportunity. I want God to open the door. Paul said, pray. Pray. Don't pray for numbers. Don't pray for money. Don't pray for buildings. I mean, that's all good and fine, and it'll come along if God wants it to. But you pray, first of all, that an opportunity for the Word of God to be preached. Because it's the Word of God that changes lives. Paul said in another place, it is a gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. You believe it? All right, if you believe it, then pray that God would open up a door of opportunity for the Word. Because that's the business of your pastor. You'll do well to give him the opportunity and the time he needs to preach the Word of God. Deacons, you do what you need to do. This man is called to preach and to pray right here. Opportunity. We pray for opportunity. Why do we pray, though? Well, Paul said this, first of all, because there's persecution that comes. There's persecution that comes. Paul says, I am in chains for the preaching of the word. I am in prison for the preaching of the word. Pray. Why? Because there's persecution that comes. 
but also pray that I might make it clear. You see, the mystery of Christ is the message that he's talking about here. It's right there, right there in verse 3. The mystery of Christ. Make it clear that I might make it clear that it might be manifest, in other words, and that it might be spoken in the way that it ought to be spoken. You know, the message of Christ is very important. I tell you, these, uh, all these politicians making speeches in all these days, they practice, they have speech writers, they have, you know, they get behind closed doors, they say it this way and try to say it that way. They give a lot of attention to things that don't really matter too much. I'll tell you what matters, the preaching of the Word. The preaching of the Word. And of all things, I want to be understood. I want you to understand what I'm saying. I want you to understand, and I want, I want to speak the Word of God the way I ought to speak it. We all have different styles and ways about us, preachers do. And whatever way God uh, causes you to speak, that's the way I want to speak. I want to speak it the way I ought to. Why? Because the message is that important. The word is that important. It's important that it be spoken according to God's wishes. So concerning prayer, he admonishes us to how to pray, what to pray, why to pray. And then there's admonitions concerning practice. Verse 5 and 6. It's our walk. Notice what he says in verse 5. Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? Tell me. Where does wisdom come from? God. I'll answer it for you. Come from God, right? Wisdom comes from God. I, th- there's a lot of smart, intelligent people out there who are very smart, knowledge wise, who believe that this earth is very old and that. Somehow a big bang occurred and all the planets were flung into space just at the right orbit and the right angle and everything else. That's not wisdom from God. I'll tell you what the wisdom from God is. Using that example, God said in six days. In six 24-hour days, God spoke the worlds and the heavens into being. Say, Pastor, you really believe that? You, I mean, you, you believe that? Amen. Yeah, I believe it. See, my God is just that big. Wisdom comes from God. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. Walk wisely and get your wisdom from the one who flung the worlds into space. Walk quickly notice what it says walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time let me tell you something today time is not on our side (laughs) yeah i see some of you y'all older than i am you're out there nodding your head and smiling i mean i'm i'm feeling it i'm feeling it and uh you know i'm in between say well i won't point you out but (laughs) But, you know, yeah, you know, time, you know, time just flies by, doesn't it? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Time just flies by. We're called upon to redeem the time. I want to admonish you. As I leave your presence, you make the most of your time. You redeem the time. You know how much what you've got today? Just right now. That's all you've got. 
You don't have tomorrow. You don't have this afternoon. What you have is right now. Make the most of it for God's glory. Redeem the time for the glory of God. Why are you spending all your time on things that don't really matter? Why are you all wrapped up and you look, you look, you, you, you're, you're looking forward to doing other things more than you are about redeeming the time for the glory of God? Hey, we all get guilty of that, don't we? And before we know it, time's gone by. Redeem the time. Walk wisely. Walk quickly. Speak rightly. Thirdly, let your speech always be, verse 6, with grace and seasoned with salt. Let your speech be with grace. Now listen, that's not to say that you're supposed to be soft-spoken and you're not supposed to ever raise your voice. You know, I'm a Christian, so I don't... No, that's not what it's meaning here. When it says, let your speech be always with grace, what that means is that you're... You demonstrate through your speech that you are your, your allegiance to God. Through your speech, what you say, what you talk about, it is clear who is sitting on the throne of your life. You demonstrate through your speech that God has done something in your life. He's done something in your heart. You're no longer what you used to be. You are a new creation in Christ. And it shows up through your speech. Let your speech always be with grace and seasoned with salt. Spiritual sense and spiritual wisdom. That's the salt. Speak rightly and also speak accurately. Know how you ought to answer. You know the, you know the way you can do that? This book right here. You get to know this book better than anything else you learn this book and then you begin to practice this book and you'll always know how you ought to answer in every sense of the word because you're so familiar with this love letter from God there's a third thing I want to say to you this morning and that is concerning admonitions concerning perseverance perseverance verse 12 Go down to verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Here, here's what his prayer is about. Notice what it is. That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Again, the will of God. What is the will of God? It's right here. It's right here. There's no mystery to the will of God. It's right here. You know almost all of the will of God when you know the Word of God. That's where it is. But see, we don't want the parts that sort of get under our skin. We don't want the parts that, that, that uh, interfere with our plans or our lifestyle. We don't want that part. We just want the good parts. You're missing the will of God. You're missing the will of God. This is where the will of God is. Take a stand for the will of God. Stand up for the will of God. What is the will of God? It's the things that God loves and the things that God hates. That's the will of God. 
What is the will of God? Just read it in the scriptures and then take a stand on it and stand up for it. We live in a culture, I tell you, it's getting rotten. <laughs> it, it, I mean, the things that are being accepted, and it's on a fast track. Y'all notice that? It's on a fast track. I mean, the things that, that, are, that are being permitted and what the, 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 the Supreme Court, they're not siding with God. The politicians are not, they're, they're, they're permissive. I mean, who's going to do it if you don't do it? Who's going to stand for the will of God? Who's going to stand for the truth of God? Who's going to stand up and say homosexuality is abhorrent, it is an abomination in the sight of God? Who's going to stand up and say abortion is all about murder? Who's going to stand up and say that it's not right? I'll tell you who needs to stand up. It's the people of God. You stand on the will of God, and don't you, don't you all sit down. Stand on the will of God. Take a stand for the will of God and persevere. Secondly, seek to entirely accomplish the will of God. You stand on the will of God, but all of the will of God. Look at verse 12 again. Epaphras is praying that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Entirely, completely in the will of God. That means that whatever comes up in your life and mine, that means that whatever faces this church, you ask, your first question is what? Is it the will of God? Your first question is what does God think about this? Your first question is we need to consult God. We need to get down on our face before the Holy God. He's the head of the church. We need to get down and say, Jesus, what would you have us to do? And let it all be in the context of the will of God. Thirdly, don't give up on doing God's will. The going gets tough. You ever had a coach? That's that famous saying, right? Coach says, when the going gets tough, tough get going. All right? That's right. Y'all heard that too, didn't you? Yeah. You know something? The going gets tough. You won't be popular. When you take a stand, beginning in the pulpit, brother knows, beginning in the pulpit, and then extending to the deacons, the leadership, and the congregation, and you take a stand for that which is right, your easy road will become rocky and rough and curved and hilly. It will become difficult because you're standing against the world. You're standing against that which is an affront to God. And when you do that, you'll be tempted to say, hey, I didn't sign up for this. You'll be tempted to say, hey, I mean, I like coming to church and everything, but I'm just not going to be that serious. You'll be tempted to say, hey, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but, uh, you know, I don't want to be over the top. You'll be tempted to say that. I'm going to, I want to say to you, don't give up on the will of God. Don't give up on doing God's will. Persevere. Stick it out. God helping me say to the Lord, I will stand for what you would have me stand for. There's a fourth thing, and that is admonitions concerning preaching. Verse 17. 
and say to Archippus, Archippus was one of the, uh, probably one of the elders there in the church, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. This kind of gets down to us, brother. I mean, it's almost like we could sit in a room and have this conversation. Uh, the rest of y'all can probably get something out of it. But you know what? The Bible speaks to us. The Bible speaks to preachers and preaching. And the first thing that we hear coming through this word is that the ministry is not to be neglected. Take heed to the ministry. Take heed to the ministry. In other words, keep your eye on the ministry. Give attention to the ministry. That's the reason I say to you this morning that when a pastor is focused like a laser beam on ministry, what you can do for him is keep all the extraneous, um, distracting things away. Am I right? And that way, he can do what he's called to do, and that is to focus on the ministry, to give heed to the ministry. And again, I say the ministry of the pastor is not to marry and to bury. The ministry of the pastor is the Word, preaching the Word, praying for you. That's the ministry. The ministry is not to be neglected. Secondly, the ministry is a privilege. ministry is a privilege. It's received from the Lord. I have nothing to do with it. It's received from the Lord. God puts his hand on men. And when God puts his hand on a man to preach the word you know it and he knows it and it's a privilege it's not something to get all up in the air about and say well look how this i'm a preacher what are you i'll tell you you're a i'm a servant how about you i'm i'm, I'm a nobody i just I, I don't know god just said you he said, you, now you've got your gift. Everybody in here, every believer in here has a spiritual gift. It may be the gift of giving, showing mercy, encouragement. I don't know what it is. Mine happens to be preaching. And I can't get away from it. I can't escape it. I am grateful for it. I am thankful for it. The ministry is a privilege. It is a gift from God to be used. Thirdly, the ministry is meant to be fulfilled. Notice what he says. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord. It comes from heaven. It comes from God that you may fulfill it. That word means to fill it to the brim. 
It means to fill it up to the top. You know how you fill something to the brim and you put a little, it's another drop in there. It's going to start overflowing. That's what it's talking about. Fill the ministry up to the brim. It's in the present tense. You know what that means. Present tense means continuous action. It means keep on fulfilling. Keep on filling the ministry up to the brim. Get busy about the work of God and fill it up to the brim. Let your ministry be the, the, the one thing that you're totally focused on and fill it up to the brim. Keep on continuous action. Keep on filling up your ministry to the brim. That's what it's meant to be. And then also, fourthly, verse 18, the ministry will not always be easy. Notice verse 18, this salutation by my own hand, Paul. Paul is probably using a secretary to write this letter like he did with many of his letters. But now at this point, he takes the writing utensil from the secretary and he begins to write. He writes it with his own hand. And he says, remember my chains. As he lifts that shackled hand that is made heavier by the chain, and as the chains clank against one another, and he writes, he says, Remember my chains. The ministry will not always be easy. Chains await you, trials await you, difficulties await you. Not only for the man in the pulpit, but for the folks in the, in the pews. If you stand up, if you stand for what's true, and you stand for what's right, then that which awaits you is called persecution. That's what the Bible says. Standing for truth will cost something. But after all, didn't Jesus pay a great price? You stare at that cross every Sunday morning. Maybe it gets to be old hat because there it is and it's part of the sanctuary, just like the lights and the speakers. Let's uh, recalibrate and let's rethink that because at the cross, Jesus paid a great price. Bought with a price, you and I are. It was not easy. It was not easy for the God-man to stretch out his arms and die. It was not easy for him to receive the mocking of the crowd when he knew all along he could flick his finger and obliterate all of them. It was not easy for him to die for you, rotten sinner that you are, to keep you out of hell when you deserve to go there and bust it wide open. It wasn't easy. And it won't be easy for you. To be a flame for God. So what? The hard work has been done. The heavy lifting has been done. Jesus has accomplished all of that. All we're asked to do is to be faithful. All we're asked to do is to stand for truth. And yes, it may not be easy. It won't be easy in the ministry. It won't be easy as each of us have our own ministry but it will be filled with glory. 
joy, satisfaction, and our worship to God will be played out in the way in which we live. Paul's last words to this church at Colossae were important. They were important then. They are important today. Let me close with a series of questions. Are you earnest in prayer? Are you redeeming the time? Does your speech reveal that God lives in you? And do you stand for the will of God, for what's right in the eyes of God? Those are the questions I'll leave you with this morning. And maybe God's been speaking to a heart here today. Again, I leave that to God. He knows what he's doing. I don't always know what I'm doing. I leave it to God. Maybe God's been speaking to you and you would like to make it right. Getting right with God is what we do. It is what we need to do. In a real sense, there's no one in this room who's right with God. <laughs> Say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? We all have shortcomings each and every day. That's what I'm talking about. What is it specifically, maybe, that God's been speaking to you about this morning? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord of this church. We thank you, Lord, that you have, uh, you have supplied for this church just what it needs. Pastor, deacons, and those in this church who are sold out to you. Now, Lord, I pray that you would seal and uh, correct anyone here who needs to make a move for you to come to this altar. Oh, Lord, that they would be prepared to propel this church forward. Clean hands and a clean heart. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for your goodness. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.